Hello and welcome to Celtic Down Under. Uh, I am Laura and I'm joined by Liam as we preview the second of the teams in Group F that we've covered so far. We've already done Canada and we are going for Belgium this time. Liam, how you doing? Good, good. Uh, apart from anything else, I'm excited that I get to wear this shirt again. One of my favourites. Uh, it's uh, a classic. I do love it, I have to say. Yeah, the uh, 2018 uh, Belgium uh, home jersey. I do love it. Uh, for anybody wondering, Liam is up very, very early to record this and I'm at the end of a very long day. That is the nature of time differences between uh, Scotland and Japan. So if you're wondering why, well, certainly why I'm looking as rough as I am, that maybe explains it. I can't speak for Liam, but we will um, we will crack on nevertheless. Um, and just yes. before we get into Belgium, uh, as we as we record this, the World Cup has started in earnest. So, for a bit of context, we are recording this moments after France beat Australia four one, and obviously on the same day as Saudi Arabia pulled a shock out the bag uh, and beat Argentina two one, leaving them in a bit of a precarious position. Nothing if not proof, Liam, that everything that we say can go out the window within a matter of minutes. Well, you know, I did say a big team would fall flat. Um, I just picked the wrong one. <laughs> so also, I'm still claiming that as a partial victory. He also <laughs> said uh, Saudi Arabia was the worst team at the World Cup when we all know that's Iran, so... <laughs> The, the, the king of Saudi is welcome to send me my cut of that oil money whenever he wants, you know, for that, um, wee, bit, that wee motivational speech that I gave them. Listen, listen, even a, even a, wee, even a wee half percentage of that amount of money would, would do me. That's fair. But anyway, let's get over the excitement and get back on to Belgium. Mm. One of, if not, not being touted as one of the favourites, but really a, a kind of last chance saloon for what you would call a golden generation. Is that fair? Yeah, I mean they are actually kind of in the same boat as Argentina. Now, I don't, I don't think that they'll have the same problems Argentina had, but um, you know, a lot of very good players probably at the last tournament, um, mm -hmm. and uh, they. You know, they, they came third in the last World Cup when everybody kind of had them as the favourites to win it. But um, they'll be out to prove that they are not a spent force, which is what a lot of people are saying they are. I don't think they are a spent force. I think, like you say, they are um, they are a team who who have a lot of um, a lot of talented players, obviously, and who come into this this World Cup. Uh, top of a, a pretty strong group um, you know with a lot of momentum behind them we'll just have a look at that group uh, just as we're talking about it just now um, a group containing the likes of Czech Republic and Wales Czech Republic often um, you know fine, or not certainly not finalists but certainly appear at these tournaments aren't there this year um, but are often you know there or thereabouts with <clears throat> qualifying from groups at major tournaments. So the fact that they're not there and Belgium have saw them off so completely and Wales have had to use a playoff to, to qualify just shows you again the strength of the team. Um, Looking at that, Liam, do you... Is, I know Estonia and Belarus are there who are kind of 
very much also runs in terms of international football. But does it say much to you that the, the Belgium have been able to quite comprehensively top that group the way they have? Yeah, it, it, it shows to me that they are that the the hunger is still there with that squad to to win or at least try to win every single game. Um, yeah, Wales actually did really well to get second in that group when you look at it because yeah, the Czechs yeah. are decent and. Estonia and Belarus are, you know, they're they're not they're not world beaters, but they're no mugs either. So I think mm-hmm. I think Belgium did very well to to win that group as comfortably as they did. Absolutely, and um, and we've obviously already seen a little bit of Wales at this World Cup with their one-one draw with USA at the time of recording. So, um, not to be completely written off either, and some somebody to look out for. Um, um before we go on to talk about the the fixtures and the squad itself. Um, I saw an interesting article just this week um, concerning Eden Hazard. And he himself said, obviously, with the injury problems he's had in the last couple of years at Real Madrid, that he feels like his body is not capable of what it once was, but they'll continue to try. Um, how vital a part of Belgium's success do you think he he is going to be at this World Cup or do you think it's a case of having to try and rely mostly on other players with maybe a little bit of magic from him from time to time? See, the, the one advantage that Belgium have over the likes of Argentina, for example, who yesterday appeared to be heavily dependent on Messi to try and make anything happen, mm-hmm. is that Belgium have got you know, three or four really, really world-class players who can just make it happen. You know, if if Hazard isn't doing it, you've got De Bruyne, you've got Lukaku. Um, you know, it's it's a it's a squad that has you know multiple areas where that wee bit of inspiration can come from when it's needed. Absolutely, and I, and I think I think that's a good enough point to go on and look at the squad and where where those extra bits of of talent and 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 guile will come from, um, and I'll just pull the squad up just now. Um, looking at the squad, obviously goalkeepers pretty much picks itself. Everybody knows Simon Mignolet from his time at at Liverpool and in England. He's back, obviously, in his home country at Club Brugge now, um, along with a certain Jack Hendry, I believe. Um, mm. uh, Cohen Castiles of Wolfsburg, another strong goalkeeper, but not likely to feature um, when you've got. The main man for Real Madrid, Thibaut Courtois, uh, between the sticks. Obviously, a player who we as Celtic supporters have seen up close this season. Um, how vital is he between the sticks, and how vital is he in terms of instilling confidence in this team going up against any opposition? Yeah, I mean, he's he's still one of the probably the top three goalkeepers in the world, in my opinion. Um, and yeah, he's uh, well, any 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 World Cup contender needs to have a dependable goalkeeper, and he is certainly that. Uh, Mignolet and Castiles, you've got to say, it's a sh- again, I'm sure they're very proud to be where they are, but it's <laughs> it's a shame that they're Belgian because they would pretty much walk into any other team in this tournament. So. Do you know, I, I always feel a little bit like, don't get me wrong, I'm sure as players you want to play, that is that is the first and foremost what you want to do. But if you're a goalkeeper and you know there's only one position there, the, the best job in the world, if not to play between the sticks, is to get a front row seat to every game at the World Cup for as long as you're there. 
So well, what you're saying is you don't want to be the you don't want to be Brazil's striker. You want to be Brazil's backup goalkeeper. That that's yeah. that's that's the job to have, right? Honest to God, I would take that in a heartbeat. <laughs> that would be me. Um, interesting there to see that Courtois want to become the first shot stopper to retain the Golden Glove. Obviously, got that in 2018 in in, in Russia. So. Uh, I think it was a semi-final run Belgium got um, as far as in, in that tournament. So um, yeah. he'll be uh, he'll be delighted if he can if he can become the first goalkeeper to do that, um, given the names that have appeared at the World Cup in the past. Um, mm-hmm. Moving on to look at defenders, we've got a few recognisable names there in Tobi Alderweireld and Jan Vertonghen. We've got Thomas Mounier, obviously formerly of um, of Barcelona, now of Dortmund. Timothy Castagne of Leicester City, Wout Face of, of Leicester City. Um, Zeno Debast of Anderlecht and Arthur Tiat of Rennes. Um, I'm going to be honest here, um, Liam, I don't know how exactly shape-wise Belgium normally line up or who's likely to be selected from that bunch, but have you any knowledge yourself of, of you know, who, who we're likely to see there? Well, one of the um one of the concerns I have for Belgium is the the old legs in the defence because Vertonghen is still a consistent starter despite rapidly closing in on 35. Um, uh, You know, obviously a world-class defender, but a world-class defender who is definitely not as quick as he used to be. Alderweireld isn't young either, and I believe he gets a reasonably regular starting berth as well. So I think they're both, you know, 34, 35, something like that. Mm-hmm. And you don't like to imagine them having to deal with the pace of, of somebody like Alfonso Davies in the first matches we're going to, we're going to talk about. Mm. Um, so it'll be an interesting one. Um, moving on to look at the midfield, this is really where a lot of the diamonds come into it for... For, uh, for Belgium, you've got Axel Witzel, obviously formerly of Dortmund, now of Atletico Madrid, Kevin De Bruyne of Man City, nobody needs to introduce to him, Yuri Tielemans, formerly of Monaco, now of Leicester City, Yannick Carrasco, the talented midfielder at Atletico Madrid, Leandro Torsard of Brighton, Amadou Onana of Everton, uh, Leander Dundonker of Aston Villa, Hans Van Aken of Club Brugge, and Thorgan Hazard of Dortmund. Where are the real shining lights there for you in the midfield? Um, obviously considering Kevin De Bruyne is, you know, the standout player there. Mm. I mean, oh, yeah, De Bruyne is the one everybody talks about, but I, I like, um, I like the look of Witzel. Every time I've seen him play, he's looked very, very good. Mm-hmm. Um, Tielemans is one that kind of flo- flies under the radar for a few people because he plays for Leicester, who, although it is English Premier League, they're one of the less fancied teams in the Premier League. Mm-hmm. But he is, well, pretty much every time I've watched him play for Leicester, he's been, if not man of the match, a man of the match contender. He's a very good, solid, consistent performer at that level. Um, so I think he is one that might, um, a lot a lot of people might develop a new appreciation for him at this tournament because I think he's integral to that Belgian midfield. Absolutely, I would I would agree with that. Um, and Tielemans for me is 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 an interesting one because he was part of that young um, Monaco side that that kind of got ripped to bits after their run in the Champions League in 2017-18 that contained the likes of Thomas Lamar, Kylian Mbappe, um, Bakayoko, um, Mendy, um, Benjamin Mendy is another one. So you know. He's maybe not going on to the heights of some of those other players. He's obviously not going to the lows of some of the other players, but we won't go into that. Um, but I definitely think he's where he's he's a kind of 
while while most teams will be concentrating on the dangers of of, of Kevin De Bruyne, as well they might. Unity mm. elements, although predominantly I think a defensive midfielder can, can have a bit of a threat from the edge of the box and is a bit bit of a box to box midfielder when need be. Axel Witzel, I think, tends to take more of the anchor role in the midfield um, and be the kind of um, ball winning midfielder, if you like. So it'll be interesting to see how they shape up. Um, mm. Looking at the attack. We've got Lois Appenda of Long. We've got Eden Hazard of Real Madrid, obviously. Dries Mertens, formerly of Napoli, but now of Galatasaray. Uh, Charles de Catellari uh, of AC Milan. Michi Bacchwai of Fenerbahce. Romelu Lukaku of Inter. And Jeremy Doku of Rennes. Now, everybody's aware of the talents of Eden Hazard and Romelu Lukaku, but I wanted to talk a little bit about Michi Bacchwai because I've got to say, I'm always one of the, he's one of these players that as a fan looking from the outside in, I never understand why it never worked out for him at Chelsea because he seems to score goals wherever he goes. Yeah, I, I think uh, he was an, an unfortunate victim of uh, of Chelsea's uh, idea, which, you know, we saw in Scotland back in the day with the former Rangers as well with, uh, you know, let's just sign players so that our rivals can't sign them. Yeah, yeah. Because I think he was signed with an intention that he was never going to be a regular at Chelsea, which is a shame because he deserves to be playing at that level. Um, yeah. But uh, he, yeah, he, he's an excellent player. I, I rate him very highly. Um, but the one that I'm interested to see is uh, <clears throat> is young Jeremy Doku. Um, uh-huh. He kind of first came on the scene at the last Euros. Um, I think it was just a wee bit too early for him that tournament. But uh, he's, you know, he's had a, a, a bit more time in, in, in France to kind of mature a bit since then. Yeah, <coughs> so, um, I, think, yeah. I think like you say, the, 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 he's maybe a bit of an, an unknown quantity. And, and while I think from my knowledge of, of the way that Belgium shape up, it probably will be Romelu Lukaku who starts most of the time. But what's clear from that is regardless of who starts they've got plenty of firepower coming off the bench and when they with the ability to make five substitutes they can make use of that firepower that they've brought with them well i think it speaks volumes that we've been talking about their attack for the last couple of minutes now and we haven't even mentioned eden hazard yet and that's <laughs> the guy who you know a couple of years ago was one of the best players in the world so yeah I've, i i feel really bad for him for how things have gone at real madrid for him because there was a period at least one season of that time that he was at Chelsea where he was amongst, if not the best player in the world at that time, maybe 2015, 16, something like that. And he's never really hit those heights again, but you can't ever really lose that amount of talent, can you? No. No. Um, no, form go- for- form comes and goes, but talent is, is permanent. Mm. And he is a very, very talented footballer, no question about that. Absolutely. Um, with that said, we'll see how he can apply his talent in the fixtures, which I'll bring up just for us now. Um, a, a group that I think, on the face of it, um, Belgium should win, I would say, but um, we'll look at the fixtures and see what we think of how it's going to shape out. Obviously, tomorrow, um, 7 o'clock UK time, um, Belgium will be... Uh, kicking off their campaign against Canada, who we've already covered on the channel, if you want to go back and watch that one. They'll then follow that up with a game against Morocco uh, and then a game against Croatia to close out the match. Given the shocks that we've already seen at this World Cup, Liam, 
and the way we talked about the sequence of matches before, hmm. what what appears a gimme for Belgium in so many ways against Canada, they'll be looking at it thinking we must win that now when you consider Croatia is going to be a difficult match to close out the group for them. Yeah, because I I um I strongly fancy Croatia to see off Morocco today. Yeah. Um, which will uh, put them in, in pole position if Belgium don't take full points from Canada. And as, mm-hmm. as we've talked about when we talked about Canada, I think they are a potential surprise package for this tournament. Um, although I'm kind of scared to say that in case I'm jinxing them. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but no, but Belgium will have to be careful because all three teams in this group are tricky in their own way. Um, Belgium are the favourites to top the group. But um, uh, as a betting man, I've actually got a couple of quid on Croatia to win this group. Um, yeah. And as I said, I think Canada have a chance of sneaking through if they can get their act together. Um, Morocco are an unknown quantity. Absolutely, an unknown quantity that we're going to have to pretend are a bit of a known quantity to us when we go and cover them in our video later <laughs> on. But um, the less said about that, the better. Um mm. We'll just close out there the conversation on Belgium with, I think it's fair to assume that regardless of any potential surprise that, that Canada may provide and any um, individual gems of talent that Morocco have, the group are going to finish with, with some formation of Belgium and, and Croatia in the top two spaces. Given that that's the case, how far do you think Belgium can go in the rest of the tournament? Uh, quarterfinals, I think. Quarterfinals, because that that's when they're going to come up against uh you know potentially a, a Brazil or someone of that level, yeah. And uh, I I don't think they've quite got it at that top level anymore. So it'll be interesting to see. Like I said, um, we've we've only taken a matter of days to be completely humbled with our predictions and our our, our potential, you know, um. It'll, thoughts on what's going to happen at this World Cup but we will um, continue nevertheless to, to review the, or preview these teams and uh, you can continue to see how accurate we think we are. Liam, thank you very much for joining me and don't forget to join us on Celtic Down Under for our next video where we'll be covering the World Cup finalists from 2018 Croatia. Thank you Liam. Thank you.